So how do people start this, this action, right? Or these actions towards sustainability? It is about understanding where you are and where you want to be. And where you want to be, you know, might be just based on your own personal um, personal goals. They might be somewhat guided by an industry, by industry goals. You know, this is where we want to be. Um, I think the Pork Board uses the word North Star. This is the North Star of where we want to be in the future. So based on where you want to be, you know, I think the first step is just understanding where you are and what resources you have at your disposal. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Gestall, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Ivonic, we are sciencing the global food challenge. Merck Animal Health, driven by prevention. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Show. I am Laura Greiner, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsored highlight is about AB Vista, an animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a stimbiotic targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact NAM at abvista.com. That's N-A-M at abvista.com. everyone. I'm Laura Greiner, your host for today's Swinet podcast. And with me today, I have Dr. Aaron Cordes, who is an associate professor at the University of Minnesota in the Department of Bioproducts and Biosystems Engineering. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you on today. Aaron, if you wouldn't mind giving our audience just a little bit more background about who you are and, and where your interests are currently, that would be very helpful. Sure. I work at the University of Minnesota in bioproducts, biosystems engineering in both a research and an extension capacity. And the work, the work that I do uh, really focuses on that livestock environment, generally inside the barn, but then of course what happens inside the barn influences what happens around the barn. I came here by, uh, or I was born and raised in Saskatchewan, Canada, worked at the Prairie Swine Centre, and it was really just in grad school or undergrad and grad school where I got my introduction to intensive livestock production and it's stayed with me. I found the world fascinating. I found fine as I was working in the barn in my initial years as an undergrad and working on some research projects at that farm, I recognized that as an engineer in, in what I was learning and what I was doing, 
I had this opportunity to influence the animals, the workers in a barn, uh, the surrounding environment, the surrounding community, you know, and so it just felt so holistic that, you know, one action could influence so many things, so many people. And that's, that's why I've stuck, stuck with it for so long. Sure. Well, as, and you bring up an interesting point. So you use the word sustainability. And, and I think that as we were visiting before we started the podcast, it would be a really good thing to do is maybe just start with how do you define the sustainability? I think it's, first of all, important to recognize that there is no one definition for sustainability because sustainability goals, sustainability or what that means is meant to be very personal, either to an individual or an organization. Um, but when we look at look at goals across the, you know, this big spectrum of, of individuals and organizations, you know, there are generally some common elements to that and that um, it harkens back to uh, making, making decisions, considering economics, considering environment and considering society in general around, a, around an operation, around a person, around a decision. Very good point. And certainly even when we just get into natural resources, depending on where you're at, different resources are going exactly. to be define more for sustainability versus others such as water or soil or et cetera. Yeah, that's that's one of these huge challenges with sustainability is that sustainability encompasses so many different potential impacts, potential resources as part of that conversation. And it's really just through those through that those sustainability goals that it really illuminates, you know, what are some of the priorities for a given individual, a given institution, a given operation, because right, every, like I said, they're very personal and it needs to consider, you know, both your local surroundings and, and what's within your capacity. Sure. Very good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you currently do. So as you describe yourself, you're kind of a translator almost between what's going on in the research world and, and how we apply it into more of a practical manner. So how do you do some of that communication? Right, uh, my, my background and my training has been on the environmental side, the environmental side of livestock production. You know, my research has, has typically focused on air emissions from livestock systems of all types um, and potentially ways that we can influence that, but it also can, has considered manure management and, and then some of these uh, communication <laughs> aspects that come along with uh, environment. And so I tend to focus on environmental sustainability decisions or environmental stewardship in general, but much of what I do or sustainability encompasses environment, but it encompasses a lot of different things. Um, and so there is this whole world of sustainability. There is this whole science <laughs> to sustainability or to making sustainability metrics or calculating sustainability metrics, I should say. There is a whole science. There's a department in our, in our, in, in, or there's a, a major, excuse me, in my department that, that focuses on that. Um, but I feel that there's a, a different perspective and a different approach in that science compared to what people are implementing on farm and can implement on farm or could implement on farm. And what I'm trying to do in my work now is, is bridge those connections. You know, how can we talk between, let's say, global impacts and um, uh, 
life cycle analyses and how can we talk um, between how can we bring those conversations to our decision making on farm but also how can we influence those that that conversation at the global level by what is what is possible and why are decisions made the way they are on farm that's very good when you're talking to a farmer what are and you use the word sustainability and you start this conversation what are the the common questions or concerns that you hear from them in a in a past project with um, some some of my colleagues here at the university of minnesota as well as the university of nebraska um, we actually talked to quite a few swine producers about carbon footprints in in specifically but you know they fil filter into this conversation on sustainability anyway as part of that conversation um, you know we asked well what what is your interest in carbon footprints in this case and the overwhelming response is that we want to do the right thing you know we want to make decisions uh, good decisions and so that was evident across everyone we talked to and that's frankly evident in in the other with the other species that i worked with as well but i think that how we get there or how we make those decisions or what we base those decisions on is is still a little ambiguous in people's minds and and rightfully so it's still ambiguous in my mind most of the time too um but you know i think it it then comes down to different perspectives as to what people um what people view as sustainable what different people view as their goals for sustainability and so i think part of the first part of the conversation is is you know recognizing what is that what does sustainability look like for different people and different perspectives another thing that tends to pop into my mind too when we talk to producers is you know obviously we're we're already focused on being good stewards of land We've, land stewardship has, has been a long conversation um, water stewardship of course as well and so we look at okay well wine industry in particular if we look at where we are today versus where we were 20 years ago we use a lot less land a lot less natural resources to provide the same amount of meat or more meat actually than than what we used to do um, so what's the next step right so i look at it and go okay they're already doing this we've we've obviously changed our genetics our ventilation our health um, our nutrition programs what's the next step do you ever hear that conversation and, and have people ask you that? So I, I think that that next step comes down to um, comes down to some of those priorities, you know, and, and where where you're where you're focusing, you know, if if by sustainability, environmental sustainability, you know, you're shooting for shooting to impact some of these um, global metrics like global warming potential. You know, I think the next, the first step is first understanding where it comes from on a farm and, and really that, that scope that, that go into some of those calculations. This is where that science, that sustainability science comes in. That, that science um, includes life cycle analyses. You know, they put scopes, they put boundaries to their calculations. And I think they're often different boundaries than what we consider as our farm boundary, you know, as our barn boundary. So how do people start this, this, this action, right? Or these actions towards sustainability? Um, it's a, it is about understanding where you are and where you wanna be. 
and where you want to be, you know, might be just based on your own personal um, personal goals. They might be somewhat guided by an industry, by industry goals. You know, this is where we want to be. Um, I think the Pork Board uses the word North Star. This is the North Star of where we want to be in the future. And so based on where you want to be, you know, I think the first step is just understanding where you are and what resources you have at your disposal and, and really your frankly, your situation, if we if we liken it and make the analogy to charting a course on the map, you know, and start embarking on a road trip across the country, well, you need to know where you're starting from. And you also need to know what you have at your disposal to get to where, um, where you're going to go. And so, you know, as if we're trying to understand where we're at, I think it, it is about, you know, diving a little bit deeper into, um, using some of the calculators, some of the tools that are available to try and make these baseline estimates of where we're at. If the priority is, you know, to contribute to um, carbon neutrality or to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, you know, where are the greenhouse gas emissions coming from? That was, I think, an illuminating point with some of the producers we worked with. Um, the tools that are available, the calculators that are out there, you know, they're designed with a specific boundary in mind. And in many cases, that goes back to the feed production side. And it's, I think it was a very big aha moment in many cases that, you know, for a carbon footprint, what we call a, a cradle to gate footprint, the, the majority, almost half the estimated emissions come from feed production and the other half from manure. You know, our, our on-farm energy use, which is what I think a lot of people turn to as a way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions for a cradle-to-gate footprint is a small proportion. But it's also a, a big proportion of what a farmer has control over. You know, so it's, it's some of these um, decisions that, that can guide, the, or some of these actions, excuse me, that can guide the next step. I think that it brings up a very interesting point, actually a couple of different points for me. <laughs> One, um, if I have people who are listening, what are some calculators that you might recommend that they use? Or is there a consultant that they should be looking for to help them kind of walk through that process of, of identifying carbon emissions? Because they do believe at some point we're going to have to have some statement about our carbon footprint on our products or as we market out you know, to the industry. The National Pork Board um, did have an environmental footprint calculator, but they're in the they're in the process of rejuvenating that, um, making some making some improvements to it based on what we have learned over the last uh, several years of using it. Um, there are other calculators that are specific to crop production, per se. There's a field to market tool that really focuses on that on that land production side. Um, there's another one that's called Cool Farm, and those are just you know, touching the surface <laughs> of, of what's probably out there, um, it, considering worldwide um, tools. Uh, what, what I think is, is somewhat lacking, though, is are tools that really help us look at integrated crop and livestock production, and that circling back and that recycling of nutrients. It's there in different ways, um, on both the, the livestock specific calculators and the crop production specific calculators, but I do hope to see more integration of those calculations in the future. Um, that's not to say every farm includes um, livestock and every farm includes crop production. You know, there are distinct entities in, in both those situations. Um, but I think if we move towards 
ways to do some more of that of that integrated modeling. I think it's going to forge more communication too between our different agricultural sectors and and more partnerships and and hopefully move move folks and industries along together. And that's actually a very interesting point when we think about that conversation, right? So I've I've heard some production groups say I'm already we're carbon neutral. Um, obviously, if we go read the the paper, we'll hear agriculture is is really bad in terms of carbon emissions, and we tend to miss the carbon capture side of the equation in some of the communication that's occurring. And so, how do we help bridge that integration gap? Because you're absolutely right in in agriculture, we have some producers that are diversified and they have both. And so for them, they can use the calculations pretty easily. We have others who are, are buying in their crops. And so, you know, we don't want to double count anything from a carbon capture perspective, but we also don't want to be penalized because we're missing that piece. Does that make sense? It does. And yeah. Like I said, I, I'm not the, the foremost expert on the, on the on all the different LCAs and different approaches there, but from what I've seen in the calculators, it's actually that integrated farm where I think we're we're maybe not um, providing enough resources or the right right type of tool to account for that cycling within the um, you know crop production estimates. They they tend to pull in estimates based on how much is manure or how much land receives manure or fertilizer and whether those proportions are, are entered manually or, or automatically, you know, I think that's a function of the calculator or that's one of those background things in the calculator to understand. And then, um, you know, how that, that, how that applies downstream. And so the, I think it's actually that cycling part for integrated systems that we're perhaps not, um, not capturing as well as we, as we potentially could. Mm -hmm. The other thing I heard you say a couple of times or you talk about metrics and so carbon, I, I agree, the calculators give us some really nice metrics and we can say, okay, this is how much we're using to, you know, apply for ground application and so forth. But um, I'm going to flip gears a little bit on you and you mentioned it, a lot of your work was on air emissions and while we think sustainability is associated with natural resources, there are other portions to that, such as air quality. So in some of my recent conversations and work, we've kind of struggled, honestly, with coming up with a good metric to really measure air quality. So do you have any thoughts on, on metrics? Because to me, it seems like we still struggle to always have the correct metrics to say, yes, this is what's important or this is what's critical. Oh, very much so. Air emission monitoring is very challenging. It's very expensive. It's very time consuming. And uh, so it's not something that we can, at, the, at this point in time, really do on every farm for every scenario, for every situation. You know, and so we're, we're forced to fall back onto some more generalized models, some generalized equations. And I think that in a way is a bit of a rub, you know, because do these emission estimates really reflect what I'm doing and all the decisions that I'm making on a farm? And it's, it's actually a, a point in some of my ongoing research right now is, is there a way that we can fine tune some of those estimates for 
individual farms to help estimate greenhouse gas emissions, particularly from manure. I guess that's where I'm trying to, to focus at the manure storage level. Um, but I think the same could be said for land application. I think we know we know you know what can happen with a with some different land application processes and incorporation and, and tillage, but but we do lack, I think, um, we don't have a sensor that measures emission directly. We have to rely on a series of different measurements in order to put together um, an emission value. And, and so we, we met, we're missing that as far as a, a technology really to help us along this, along this pathway. But I think there are some, some indicators. And like I said, that's what I'm working on right now. And hopefully in a couple of years, <laughs> I can provide a little bit more, more guidance as to what maybe some of those are. Oh, we look forward to that for sure. Um, the other question that, that came to mind um, when we think about it, when we talk across groups, right? So as, as swine producers, we have our own set of terminology. And certainly when we communicate to our consumer they may not understand the same terms. And, and you mentioned it earlier, the worldwide metrics and guidance versus what we can do at the local level. What, what disconnect do we have? Are there, are there different metrics that the worldwide group is viewing that maybe our producers can't really do and, and vice versa that you know, we are being sustainable, but it's not being measured appropriately? A lot of it, I think, comes down to, to the impacts, you know, looking at global impacts um, versus um, local damages. I've heard it explained as an impact spectrum, you know, going from global, global dangers to regional problems to, um, like I said, local dangers. And I think the local dangers are really what um, are a little more, are more tangible on farm and regardless of, of what's happening at, at, at the globe, you know, it, it's something, if there's a damage locally, we wanna fix it. And I'm not just talking about environment, right? Just at any, for any um, particular sustainability realm. Um, but at, then at the, at the global level, they use a, a different set of terms. They use a different set of terms within their life cycle analyses or within the life cycle analyses that are done. And I think there are, there are linkages, but there is no one direct <laughs> link between every local damage and a, and a global, global danger. But recognizing the partial links might, might be part of that conversation or building that conversation. So I, I think that there is a, this literacy behind sustainability that, um, you know, building our personal dictionaries, uh, um, word banks, when it comes to these conversations, you know, we can't expect everybody um, to meet, uh, I don't think we can expect everybody to meet a farmer where a farmer is at, but we can't expect um, either a farmer to meet everybody at the global level. And so bridging that that communication is part of this translation job and, uh, and building some of that literacy in both directions. Very good. My last question to you is if I'm a producer listening to this podcast today, what's, what are a couple of things that I can do today or tomorrow to help myself with sustainability and even to maybe bridge some of this, this gap in translation that, that we're needing to fix? So a, a very um, big picture item that I think has potential to move us forward in, in communication and communicating sustainability 
is is using sustainability as as an adjective for actions versus an adjective for beings. You know, I think we um, because sustainability goals are ever changing, and they should be ever changing as we learn more and as we um, as technologies change. You know, sustainability goals change, and so I I think we need to. Um, or I, I think we should fo focus on using sustainability as a sustainable as an adjective for actions, you know, making, trying to um, make sustainable decisions or decisions that improve um, some specific sustainability metrics versus all out statements of being or not being sustainable. And so I think that's, that's one way to perhaps bridge some conversations or, you know, even react to some conversations as well. The, um, I think then also, particularly as it comes to the environment, since sustainability is a, such a broad goal, if there really is a focus or in a conversation or in, um, in some actions specific to the environment, I, I consider moving away from in, from sustainability as a, as a very general word and talking about environmental stewardship, because within all of all of these decisions, um, our environment is so broad, encompassing so many different resources and, and so many potential impacts. Every decision, you know, is going to have pluses and minuses or benefits and consequences. And environmental stewardship is about being responsible for your decisions and knowing the impacts, because every decision is not going to move the bar down or up, <laughs> depending on which direction it's supposed to move. Every one decision is going to have benefits, but it's also going to have consequences. And so talking it, talking about sustainability, environmental sustainability, and transferring that conversation to stewardship and just being responsible for those choices, I think is another way to, to move conversations. Very good. It is time to our famous three. A worldwide leader in animal nutrition. Our company offers specialized technical support for nutritionists, veterinarians, and other animal production professionals. Our portfolio of programs and services include a wide array of high-performing feed solutions, such as essential nutrients, palatability, feed preservation, mycotoxin management, and health by nutrition. To learn more about our company, visit us at www.adiseo.com. When it comes to the health of your herd and your bottom line, no guts means no glory. Lasonia and Salmonella are two bacteria that work together to destroy the microbiome of a pig's gut, which can slow average daily gain. Only vaccinating against one can leave profit on the table. Protect against both with Porcillus ileitis for Lasonia and Argus SCST for Salmonella. A productive herd starts with a healthy gut and a healthy gut starts with enteric health solutions from Merck Animal Health. Learn more at buildahealthygut.com. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. Well, as we start to wrap up our time here, Erin, we tend to ask our speakers a couple of different questions. Um, the first one we like to ask is, do you have any resources that you would recommend to our audience associated with pigs or in this case sustainability that you think would be valuable for them? I think finding a, um, a calculator 
that that you're comfortable using or maybe uh, roping in a family member to maybe be your sustainability manager, <laughs> um, you know, to run those types of calculators or those tools, I think is a way to, um, is a resource, those are resources that are out there. Um, but it's also then a way to tie in more people into this conversation, even within a farm. Uh, I also, uh, I've enjoyed learning about systems thinking in my, in my career and going down some different uh, different learning paths as it comes to systems thinking, um, but there are some some I think good guides on on what that means, and and I think it gives a different perspective as to how we can both look at our actions as they relate to sustainability, or what actions that we could or should take, but then also especially on this communication side, and how we can break syst uh, systems into parts or talk about parts as part of a system. I think that's uh, it's a valuable resource and a valuable, uh, valuable exercise. Are there any books out there that would help producers maybe understand terminology expectations to start to help bridge that gap? Is, are there any books or even a website that might work for that? I'll be honest, I am looking for that golden book myself okay. um, that, that <laughs> has it, uh, has all these terms, has um, all these, um, definitions in one place. Uh, I'm still looking myself, as, especially as it pertains to agriculture. And I think we, you know, we can look for dictionaries that have sustainability terms, but we then would still need the complementary dictionary for all the farm terms. And so, right. So I'm trying to build a translator. <laughs> I'd say that should be your next, your next activity, right? Yeah, right I grew up being, growing up in Canada, we, we, we had to learn French. And so, you know, we had a French English dictionary all the time and in school. And so you need that, that translator. Um, Absolutely. Book. Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to you writing that book in the next year. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Wish me luck. <laughs> the other question we like to ask is not related necessarily to your work or to swine in general, but are there any Good books that you're reading today that you'd recommend to our audience or um, self-improvement books that you've enjoyed reading? A couple of the um, more recent books that I've been reading that I think have helped um, shape some of my actions as it pertains to this sustainability question and sustainability communication. Uh, one is called Getting to the Heart of Communication, Getting to the Heart of Science Communication, I believe it's called. And it's it's broader than just talking about climate change. It's, it's really about how, particularly from an extension perspective, we can bridge some difficult conversations. I think these sustainability conversations can turn, um, can take political nuances to them and can be difficult to have, especially if we're talking about beings and actions and mixing up some of those, some of those things. And so I think getting at the heart of the communication aspect is, has been a valuable resource and learning experience for me. And then uh, the other one is, is called Systems Thinking Made Simple, I believe, by the Carreras. And again, it's, it's really a simplistic take as to how to look at systems using a couple of simple rules. Well, very good. We'll look into those books. I haven't read either one of them, so definitely check those out. Um, our last question that we ask is if you think of somebody in your career, your professional uh, interactions that, that you view as successful, 
What's a trait or two that stands out in your mind that's really helped them become successful? I have, uh, I have, there's three people that I look at as, as mentors for myself and the career that I've taken. And they were Steve Pohl, Bob Toller, and Kevin Yanni. And all three have provided innumerable guidance as, as I've moved through my career. Uh, Steve and Bob, especially on the extension perspective and, and understanding, you know, listening more than talking when it comes to uh, working with, with producers and extension audiences. And then uh, Kevin has been a, just an excellent guide as to how to um, really about, about managing and, and moving forward and figuring out how to, how to look at all the various tasks that have to be done and, and setting them up for success and, and a step at a time, but still moving forward. Very good, perfect. Well, I do want to thank you again for your time, Erin. Uh, for our audience, again, this is Dr. Erin Cordes, who is at the University of Minnesota. Thank you again, and I wish you a great day. Thank you, Laura. Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of nutrition on this online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding by Dr. Marcio Gonsalves and his world-class invited swine nutritionists. Additionally, you will enjoy an exclusive community to network and exchange ideas. Go now to EliteSwineNutritionist.com.